Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, Thanksgiving is just a few days away. And most years, we know exactly what the next few days would look like. We would be packing up our cars, getting ready to travel to see family or friends, or we'd be going down in our basement and pulling out our card tables and extra chairs to get ready for a few more guests around our house. But this year, it's going to be different. Due to the rapid spread of COVID-19, we're being asked by government officials to scale back on our Thanksgiving celebrations. And because of that, it's going to be a little bit harder to feel thankful this year. So in this episode of our podcast, we're going to talk about what we need to do when we aren't feeling so thankful when Thanksgiving is just around the corner. So let's get right into this episode sermon. Well, today is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and if I'm being completely honest with you right now, I have to admit that I don't usually spend a whole lot of time thinking about what I'm going to be preaching about on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And that's because the Sunday before Thanksgiving, well, it's the one time every single year that I know that I can talk with you about our need to be thankful for all that God has done and is doing in our world and in our lives. But you know what? This year's different. I mean, it's hard for me to stand here and encourage you to be thankful for your health when COVID-19 has infected more than 55 million people around the world and contributed to more than 1.3 million deaths. And it's also hard for me to encourage you to be thankful for the job that you have that keeps food on your table when the unemployment rate skyrocketed early on during this pandemic to 14.7%, and more than 11 million people living in America right now remain unemployed. And it's hard for me to encourage you to be thankful for your family and for your friends when the leading infectious disease expert in our country, Dr. Anthony Fauci, has admitted that he won't be celebrating Thanksgiving with his three children this year because of this virus, and he's urged all of us to skip the family gatherings as well. So yeah, most years... It's pretty easy to know what to preach the Sunday before Thanksgiving. But this year is different. Because in 2020, it doesn't feel like we have much to be thankful for. In 2020, it doesn't feel like we have much to be thankful for. So I've spent a lot of time over the last couple of weeks wondering about what to say in this sermon. And I've been trying to figure out what to say when Thanksgiving is just a few days away And a lot of us don't feel very thankful at all. And the more that I've thought about this sermon and the message that God wants us to hear, the more my mind has wandered to a passage of scripture that's found in the book of Matthew. Now, the book of Matthew is one of four biographies of Jesus that we have inside of the Bible. So when you're reading the book of Matthew, you're going to find stories about Jesus' birth and his ministry and his miracles, as well as stories about his crucifixion and his resurrection. But in the passage that we're going to be looking at in just a second, we're going to hear a lesson that Jesus has to teach us. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 6, and we'll start reading together in verse 25. Here's what it says. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body and what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
can anyone of you by worrying a add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, I got to tell you that when I first started thinking about this particular passage, I couldn't help but think of the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. You remember that song, right? Now, chances are that if you have ever heard that particular tune before, then you just can't forget it. I mean, there's just something about that peppy melody and the simple lyrics and the lighthearted message that have made Don't Worry, Be Happy an enduring fixture in our culture. I mean, this song has been featured in everything from Disney films like the movie Wally to episodes of The Simpsons, and it even served as George H.W. Bush's campaign song during the 1988 presidential election. But just in case you've never heard this song before, or you simply can't remember any part of it besides the Don't Worry, Be Happy chorus, allow me to hit some of the lyrical high spots for you today. Oh, and you don't have to worry, I won't actually be singing this song, and that should make all of us feel a little happier. But anyway, here's how part of the song goes. Here is a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Ain't got no place to lay your head? Somebody came and took your bed? Don't worry. Be happy. The landlords say your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry. Be happy. Ain't got no cash. Ain't got no style. Ain't got no girl to make you smile. Don't worry. Be happy. Because when you worry, your face will frown. And that will bring everybody down. So don't worry. Be happy. Now, did you know that when this song was released back in September of 1988, it actually reached number one on the Billboard charts? And just a few months later at the Grammy Awards in 1989, Don't Worry, Be Happy won Song of the Year. And how ridiculous is that? I mean, did you actually listen to the words that I just shared? Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry. Be happy. The landlords say your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry. Be happy. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were ever without a place to lay my head, a home, I don't think that I'm going to be able to be very happy. And if someone came and they took my bed, I'm positive that I'm going to be pretty worried about that fact. 
or if my landlord were threatening to evict me and take me to court, the last thing that I could possibly be is happy. I mean, sure, the sentiment of the song, it sounds great. Don't worry, be happy. But there is a lot to worry about in our lives. There is a lot to worry about in our lives. Yes, there's everything that is going on right now because of COVID-19. So we can worry about contracting this novel virus, and we can worry about spreading it to our family, to our friends, or to other people. But we also have to worry about remembering a mask whenever we go out in public, and I'm sure all of us have made an extra trip back to the car to grab it. And then we have to remember that we need to use sanitizer whenever we get back in our cars after running some errands. But there's way more to worry about in our lives than just COVID-19. I mean, if you're driving around this afternoon and you see that the fuel gauge is running a little too close to that E in your car, you're going to worry about it. And heaven forbid that you were actually to run out of gas while you're on your way to a service station. Because then you have to worry about making it safely out of your car. And then you have to worry if AAA is going to be able to tow to get a tow truck out to you. And you have to worry if someone is going to stop and help you push your car to a safe spot. And to top it all off, you also have to worry if you did some serious damage to your vehicle in the process. Or what about when we read the newspaper each morning or you flip over to the evening news at night? Doesn't that just make you worry sometimes? I mean, I have to say that with all of the violence and all of the hatred that we see on a daily basis from places that are halfway around the world and places that are just a few blocks away from our own homes, it's enough to make any of us worry. And all of those things are just the tip of the iceberg. We can worry about work and we can wonder about our next job evaluation or a colleague who's mad at us right now. And we can worry at home and be concerned about a child or a grandchild who is struggling with online school. Or we can be afraid that we're not as close as we used to be to our spouse. When we turn on the TV, we hear stories that just make us worry. Even when we're watching a commercial or two, we start to worry about hair loss or weight gain or if we have bad breath. And then, when we drive around our neighborhoods and we see more and more home security signs popping up in our neighbor's front yards, it's a little bit more for us to worry about. Everywhere we turn, everywhere we look, there seems to be something else to worry about. And when we think about all of these worries, a song like Don't Worry, Be Happy, it just seems ridiculous. But we have to remember that these aren't just some words that Bobby McFerrin sang in the 1980s. These are also words that Jesus spoke in the passage of Scripture that we read just a couple of minutes ago. At the beginning and at the end of that passage, Jesus told us, Do not worry. So there's no denying. It's right there in black and white, or maybe red and white if you've got one of those red-letter editions of the Bible. But it's still there. So is that the message that we need to hear today? With Thanksgiving just a couple of days away, do we just need to stop worrying about COVID-19 and everything else that has drug us down over the course of the last year and be happy? Well, I got to tell you, that sounds pretty ridiculous to me too. And it also sounds disingenuous to the reality that we have all been living through over the last eight months. Plus, 
I don't think that that's even what Jesus was trying to tell us in the passage that we read from the book of Matthew. I think there's more to Jesus' Jesus's message than that. But to help us see it, I think we need to look at this passage from a fresh set of eyes. So to help us do that, I want to read those same verses to you again, but I want to read them for you from a different translation. So let's listen to what Jesus taught as it's translated in the message. So here's what it says, starting in verse 25. It says, If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone, by fussing in front of the mirror, ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion. Do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The ten best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives so much attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you? Do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. So when we read this passage from a new perspective, it sounds different. In this translation, Jesus doesn't tell us not to worry. Instead, Jesus tells us that God will take care of us. Instead of telling us not to worry, Jesus tells us that God will take care of us. He tells us that, that that's what God does for the birds of the air. God takes care of them. God makes sure that those birds have plenty of food to eat. So we don't need to worry about food because God will take care of us too. And Jesus tells us that that's what God does for the wildflowers in the field. God takes care of them. God makes sure that the wildflowers are beautifully dressed and they look better than Solomon did in all of his splendor. So we don't need to worry about what we'll wear either, because God will take care of us too. But you know what? Most of us never really worry about what we'll be eating or drinking or wearing to begin with. The truth of the matter is that we just live in a country today where food is readily accessible to almost every single one of us. 
There are grocery stores that we can shop at or restaurants that we can eat at. And for a smaller number of people, there are backyard gardens that they grow and can pick from. Even in the height of a global pandemic, when the shelves in our grocery stores weren't quite as full as we were used to seeing them, there was still plenty available on them to keep us all fed. The same thing's true when it comes to clothing. We don't worry about clothes. We have closets and dresser drawers that are jam-packed with clothes. We have more shirts in our wardrobes than we could wear in a month, and we have more shoes in our closets than we could wear out in 10 years. Simply put, we just don't worry about these things. But it was a different story when Jesus was teaching these things in the Sermon on the Mount. In those days... You couldn't just run out to a local grocery store to buy a gallon of milk or a loaf of bread or a dozen eggs. And you didn't have closets that were jam-packed with clothing in those days either. Sometimes, actually most of the time, you had to worry about how your stomach would be filled. Or you had to worry if your clothes would even last for another day. But those just aren't things that we worry about in America right now. So do Jesus' words still ring true? today? Does God still take care of us when we're worried about spreading a virus instead of putting food on our tables? Does God still take care of us when we're worried about being able to see our loved ones and celebrate with them instead of just having clothes hanging up in our closets? Well, the answer to all of those questions are yes. Yes, Jesus' words are still true today. Yes, God still cares for us in the face of COVID-19. And yes, God still takes care of us, even when our entire world feels like it's changed. And that's exactly what we see if we stop and we take a closer look at the very first Thanksgiving. Now, for a lot of us, when we think about that first Thanksgiving, we think about the cute little plays that our kids or that our grandkids have put on in the past. So we think about little boys and little girls that are wearing construction paper costumes and pretending to be either pilgrims or Native Americans. But the cute little plays that we envision, well, they couldn't be further from the reality of what actually happened during that first Thanksgiving. And that's because the first Thanksgiving, it wasn't just a time when the pilgrims and the Native Americans got together to celebrate an abundant harvest and to stuff themselves silly on all that food. No. When the first Thanksgiving took place centuries ago in the Plymouth Colony way back in 1621, the pilgrims were truly thankful for every morsel of food on their table. Why? Because the previous year, the year that the Pilgrims had actually arrived in America, 1620, they didn't have much of any food to put on their tables. The Pilgrims had suffered through a harsh winter with dwindling supplies, and they had watched as about half of their fellow Pilgrims who made the journey to the New World with them died from starvation or exposure. So over that next year, as they learned to hunt and fish and plant and harvest, They really were thankful for everything that they had because they knew what it was like to go without. And it wasn't just the pilgrims who were thankful either. The Native Americans that joined them were thankful as well. Charles C. Mann, who is an award-winning journalist and author, he writes about this in his book entitled 1491, New Revelations of the Americas Before Columbus. 
And according to Mann and other researchers, of course, the Native Americans that gathered with the pilgrims for the first Thanksgiving, they were all part of the Wampanoag tribe. And the only reason that the Wampanoag's leader, Massasoit, had allowed the pilgrims to land at Plymouth Colony was because of the devastating loss that his people had suffered just five years earlier. Once again, according to Mann, entire villages had been wiped out, likely from smallpox, which would have been spread from earlier European travelers who came to the shores of America before the pilgrims even arrived. But Massasoit allowed the pilgrims to land and to set up camp in his territory because what was left of his tribe it was actually being threatened by another Native American tribe. So Massasoit, he was willing to make an unconventional alliance with the pilgrims that helped the pilgrims establish their colony, and it helped Massasoit's tribe avoid an all-out war with a neighboring tribe. So when the pilgrims and the Wampanoag sat down at that first Thanksgiving, all of them were truly thankful. And they were truly thankful because they had seen how hard life could be. But they had also seen that they could make it through. They had survived. And they had survived because God had provided for them. But we don't even have to look back to the story of the first Thanksgiving to see that God provides for us. Just think about how God has provided for our church over this year. Back in January of this year, we launched a brand new church website and we started using a new church management system. And we even had all of our members and all of our regular attenders update your contact information. Now, we had no idea back then that we would find ourselves living through a pandemic just a few months later. But because of that new website that we launched, we were able to start worshiping online like we're doing right now without any major hiccups. And because we started using a new church management software, we were able to transition to online giving, which has kept our church going seamlessly throughout this pandemic. And because we had you update your contact information, myself, the rest of our staff and our deacons, we were able to start making phone calls and sending text messages and emails and just being able to stay in touch with you throughout this pandemic. And that was just how God provided for us back in January. I mean, the biggest things that have happened in our church have all happened over the course of the last couple of months. In September, we finalized the sale of our building, our old building, something that we had been working on for almost three years. And the sale of that building, it has provided us the financial resources to position our church to serve the kingdom of God well into the future. So yeah. It's hard to feel thankful with everything that has been happening in our world right now. I mean, I know that it's hard for me to feel thankful right now because I know that come this Thursday, come Thanksgiving Day, I won't be celebrating Thanksgiving with my parents and with my siblings for the first time in my entire life. But as I look at the way that my family has weathered the storm of COVID-19, I can be thankful that all of us are still healthy. I can be thankful that even though I won't be sitting down to Thanksgiving dinner at my mama's table, that I will still have food on my table on Thanksgiving Day. And I can be thankful that God has continued to provide for me and to take care of me throughout this year. So even though this year has been hard, and even though our celebrations will look a little bit different this Thanksgiving, 
Take some time this week to reflect on how God has provided for you and taking care of you this year. And when you do, you'll find that even in the midst of a pandemic, your life has been full of blessings. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you now in this time of prayer, you know everything that has been happening in this world and in our lives since last Thanksgiving, God. You know about everything that we have had to struggle through during this pandemic. Everything from lockdown orders to the cancellation of some of our favorite events and activities that we look forward to every single year, God. So right now, there are plenty of us who are struggling to feel thankful with Thanksgiving just a few days away, God. But my prayer now is that you open all of our eyes to see how you have been providing for us and taking care of us all year long. God, just like you do with the birds of the air, you've made sure that we've been fed throughout this pandemic. Just like you do with the wildflowers out in the field, you've made sure that we've stayed clothed. God, you have provided for us in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. So open our hearts with gratitude. Let us be thankful for all that you have done for us, even in the midst of a difficult year, especially in the midst of a difficult year. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that you have been reminded today of all that you have to be thankful for. God is continuing to care for us and provide for us even in the midst of a pandemic. Now, next week, we are starting into a brand new series of sermons at Melbourne Heights. But just because we're starting into a new sermon series, that doesn't mean that the problems of the world have gone away. We're still going to be facing this exponential rise in cases of COVID-19, even as we start counting down to Christmas. And that means that Christmas is going to look different for us this year, too. But here's the thing. Even though Christmas is going to be different, Christmas isn't going to be canceled. So next week we're starting into a series called Christmas Isn't Canceled. We hope that you'll come back and join us next Sunday when that episode drops. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that next episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And I also want to invite you to come and worship with us online any Sunday morning. We worship together at 1030 a.m. Eastern Time at mhbclouisville.com dot com slash live and we would love to have you with us so until we get together next sunday i hope that you guys have a great week this week and a very happy thanksgiving and we'll see you back here next sunday for another sermon podcast